Hey, what's going on? It's episode 343 of the Keto Diet Podcast. And today we're talking with Dr. Lauren Lax, who helps women who have done it all to feel good and finally work with their body, not against it, so they can reach their highest potential. She's a doctor of occupational therapy, functional medicine practitioner, and nutritionist. Dr. Lauren specializes in gut health optimization, restoring immune and hormone imbalances, and a non-diet approach to body love and food freedom. Oh, so good. You can find out more from Dr. Lauren by going to drlauren.com. I'll include her link in the show notes today. And I really want to talk about hunger and cravings and how to differentiate between this. We're going to be talking about gut hungers and just the process of guilt with overeating and extremes being different for different people. So it's a really good episode. I'm really pumped about this. So, okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Hey, Dr. Lauren, how are you? Hey girl. Hey, so good. I'm so happy to be connected again. Yes, it is. I think the last time we had a video interview, it was like 2017, perhaps earlier. And it was for happy keto body. And that was a while ago. That is so crazy how time really does fly and how much happens in time too, in a short amount of time. Yes. And internet pals, you pick up right where you left off and I know. it's so fun. Right. I love that. So, um, of course. And I just did your official intro, but I love to ask guests in their own words, who are you? What do you do? What do you love? What's your passion? I'd love to just hear from you. And I'm sure the listeners would too. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dr. Lauren and I'm a functional medicine doctor, nutritionist and therapist, occupational therapist by background. So that's really lifestyle therapy is my focus. So I use food and lifestyle as my medicines. And really just, I'm a woman on a mission to really help women with unsolved health issues get to the root cause. I really call myself a health detective for folks and got into this work by way of none other than my own journey, as I'm sure many of your guests do, but I was on the path to becoming the next Katie Crick. On the Today Show, I really was studying broadcast journalism and was a journalist and have been a journalist of uh, 20 years now. And just really my own experiences had different plans. So I had struggled with disordered eating from the time I was nine until I almost lost my life at age 23 and just spent most of my young life in out of hospitals and treatment centers and on study diets of Pop-Tarts, Pizza and Prozac in treatment. And then on my own diet, I was definitely the trendsetter for this diet called the fasting diet. You may have heard of it before until the day I passed out in a shower. And then I was on to just whatever the popular diets were at the time. And so that really defined so much in my young life. And then at age 23, um, I was in my second year of grad school in Nashville and remember stepping on the scale and seeing a number I had not seen since I was 10 years old. And kind of when my journey really had fully taken way. And it was the first time in that whole journey, I was really scared and remember praying at 5am on the way to my gym uh, that morning, God help me make a change today. And to me, that change meant like, help me work out 30 minutes less on my Stairmaster or eat a tablespoon of almond butter more than my just eight almonds that I ate in the morning after my workout. And when I got out of the car that morning at the YMCA in Nashville, not one, but eight other individuals walked up and they were eight other gym goers. I had just seen every day in the gym that whole past year. And 
they spoke up and just said, Lauren, we come together last night and you've just really been on our hearts and we're worried about you. Can we help you? And they didn't know me from Adam and it's beyond just a smile and a wave in the gym every morning. And they just saw a girl slowly killing herself every morning. I've working out six to eight hours a day in total at that time and subsisting on very little, maybe like 500 to 800 calories a day, whatever I can make it. But suffice it to say, they took me to Vanderbilt hospital and I was like, I'm fine guys. But within 48 hours, I was in the ICU with a heart rate almost in the twenties and doctors saying I may not make it. And it was just like such divine timing. And so that was a huge, no more moment for me or light bulb moment. And it didn't all end there. I definitely, I spent four weeks in the hospital on feeding tubes and IV fluids and heart rate monitors. And then I was flown out to Miami where I spent a year. I said, I'd only stay six weeks in treatment and another treatment, like many of the others I had been to before, but something in me had really changed. And so that is really where I started to get my life back and decided I wanted to help others get their lives back too. And initially I thought it was just going to be in the space of disordered eating, but after that event happened or that whole year, what happened after that was post-recovery recovery. So just what happens to your body after years of dieting or overtraining, under eating, just neglecting your body. And so I was diagnosed with several autoimmune diseases and then eventually hit mold and mold illness and Lyme disease and just kind of like the cascade of a dysfunctional immune system and detox pathways. And so that was in my latter 20s and spent the latter 20s and then early 30s just really recovering. And I had begun my functional medicine journey just studying at that time as well. And so my body became my own living textbook through that. And really, I so believe our greatest setbacks are our biggest comebacks because I've just experienced so much from like death, literally just death's doorstep to just the multiple conditions that I now see individuals from, you know, Hashimoto's, lupus, colitis, celiac disease, osteoporosis, diabetes, just hormone imbalances, not having my period. The list really does go on. And so I just really, really relate to my patients when they come to me now and disclose what they are struggling with and really love being that health detective for them and not just blending the mind and the body and the soul healing in the work that I do now. Remember that time I had the guys on from Formula episode 301 where we talked about our experiences with ADD and ADHD and how big a game changer nootropics have been for us? If you're struggling with your brain, difficulty focusing, unpredictable energy dips, quick to get distracted, you may benefit big time from taking nootropics as we have. My favorite nootropics brand, Formula, has just changed their name to Thesis and they're offering 15% off to listeners of the podcast. Now, you might be wondering, uh, Leanne, what's a nootropic? Well, they're nutrients proven to improve brain performance. Some call them cognitive enhancers or smart drugs, quote unquote. <laughs> With nootropics, I've boosted my focus, energy, attention span, concentration for long periods of time, getting distracted much less frequently. I'm far more productive. I find myself procrastinating and putting things off less. I've been testing nootropics, and for the past year, I've been using Thesis exclusively. 
completely. You can visit their website, takethesis.com. You'll take a short assessment and based on their data set, you'll be recommended four nootropic variations to test in your first month. You can then schedule a time to speak with a nootropics coach from their team anytime to help you find the optimal formulations for your brain chemistry. Then they will customize your orders with the formulations that work best for your goals and your physiology. Go to takethesis.com and use the code KETO for 15% off. Again, that's takethesis.com with the code KETO. Wow. I have so many questions. And also (laughs) just when you explain your story and those people that came up to you, I couldn't imagine getting together with a bunch of strangers to be like, Hey, you know, that girl at the gym that looks like she's not doing very well. Like what kind of drive that took and how that was all orchestrated. And just like, it makes me want to be that person for other people. You know, we see people that might be in need or we have that feeling and we don't say something often. And that's phenomenal. Do you still talk to any of those people? Do you, were you even in communication with them? Yeah, they're like my, they're my buddies now. And definitely, I mean, they're all much older than me. They're like my parents age, like they're fifties and sixties and just really endearing friends and lifelong friends. So um, we have reunions whenever I go back to Nashville to visit and just, it's a really sweet and kind of on your note too, about being that person that does speak up. It really has inspired me in my life to just see others fully. And even just recently, last week, I was at the gym uh, where I go here in Austin. And there was a girl, I just could not turn around. Like I, I had to turn around rather, walk away. And just after went up to her and asked if she would want to go on a walk. And she was obviously really struggling physically. And suffice all to say, like it really wasn't with a eating disorder. It was actually with really significant celiac disease and gut issues, which is one of my biggest passions as well, but to really just secure her story. And I think be kind to everyone you meet if they're fighting a battle. We definitely need more of that in our world today, especially. And so that experience definitely has given me that just worldview as well. That is so powerful. That is just amazing. Wow. Wow. And throughout all this, you've written books, you have clients. Uh, Tell us about your most recent project and kind of what you're hoping it'll achieve. Definitely. I guess the one right now at the the, uh, starting gate, (laughs) there's been multiple, uh, but it would be my book, Eating Healthy is Killing You. And really just inspired a lot by my journey of trying all the things and doing all the things and yet still not feeling great. It was always oftentimes felt like a dangling carrot, like over a a horse's mouth and just like continually striving. And I mean, whether it was the low calorie, Billy Blanks, Tybo, Slim Fast Days, to South Beach, Atkins, like, you know, 90s, 2000s there. And then just trying, you know, even in the functional medicine and healing space of like a lot of elimination diets and definitely paleo, which is like great. I think like whole foods, real foods, but taking it to an extreme even, and just getting very emotionally charged about food, I think too, or feeling guilty for even thinking about trying something that was not on a, whatever diet I was on at the time. And also wrecking like physically not feeling well too, not just the mental emotional component. Cause I'm really good at being type a and like, I don't feel deprived super easily now, <laughs> especially with my history of just depriving myself for so long. Like I'm the most 
abundant in my diet today. And yet some may consider like how I eat like whole real foods diet as like, she doesn't eat pizza and pop tarts. And I don't really crave those things. Honestly, I have a lot of PTSD about those, um, (laughs) from those treatment days, but suffice all to say, like also going to the extreme with the function and the functional medicine space of like, you know, if you, if you don't have a very varied diet, you are going to incur some dysbiosis or gut imbalance for one. So I had a lot of digestive issues that was caused not just by my diet as well, but also overtraining and just continuing to like, I love fitness and wellness. And there's definitely been times in my history where that did not serve me either. And so it's kind of just the other side of the coin that, oh, wait, there's so much, I say not even dogma, just awareness around like what healthy eating is in our society nowadays, because, you know, three fourths of Americans are, do have metabolic dysfunction or overweight, obese, like dealing with that, which is a whole health epidemic. And then there is also those that take health to the extreme and that, that population is just really not addressed either. And so I think this book just is a, a nice marriage of both because it's like, it can be those that are really trying to do all the right things and yet not are hitting those ceilings. And as we were talking about before the show, a lot of times it's not anything to do actually with being so perfect in your diet. It may be things related underneath the hood, like hormonal imbalances or gut imbalances or immune issues. And so... This book actually does take a deep dive into the underlying pieces of why healthy eating may not be working for you. That's wonderful. And I remember a time I have a very similar experience with eating disorders and all those things. And as I was on my healing journey, I remember really wanting to not have that guilt around certain foods that I was eating and be able to just be in a point one day where I would just eat something and feel nothing about it. And I remember that feeling so insurmountable, like it would never, ever happen. And as you were talking about it, it's just, I really can say that I don't have that feeling anymore. You know, like I can grab, whether it be like a little bag of candies or something. And I'm like, this is just so good. I love it so much. And then just be done with it yeah, and not have any, like, I shouldn't have done that. It's not on my plan or the opposite of just wanting to eat well, like have a big salad just because I feel like it. And so I definitely want people to hear through you sharing your story that this stuff doesn't happen like overnight. And it's not like just one day or you go for treatment for a couple of weeks or even a year. And all of a sudden you have a great relationship with food and everything's great. And something also you said is the different extremes that people may experience. Do you think that those extremes are different for different people? Or do you think that it's all the same? Like there's just some things you should or shouldn't do, or do you think that that's kind of on a scale depending on the person? Oh yeah. I think it's super individualized as far as like what is healthy for you may not be healthy for one another. And I mean like genuinely healthy because there's like pseudo healthy, which is like kind of what I've been talking about that diet mentality where, you know, you're not really in a healthy place, but you mentally and emotionally. So for example, like when I was recovering from my eating disorder, like going out to eat for some people are saying no to going out to eat and like deciding to cook at home, maybe like a really healthy decision for them. But for me, it was actually the opposite because I would always retreat to like never going out to eat and not having that freedom to say yes to like going to dinner with a friend if they invited me, for example. And so in my recovery, a health move would be to just like say yes to things that felt uncomfortable or with my exercise relationship, like going to the gym, like some people, and there was a time I did have to take a complete break, obviously in treatment. Like I definitely was an abrupt break. Um, and I was, I was coming back 
to exercise. It was like finding what was healthy for me. I don't get on a Stairmaster to this day and I don't have a desire to do so. And like, or just to do straight up chronic cardio, like just go run or just like do one thing for an hour straight. Cause I did a lot of that. And so for me, a healthy decision or choice is like, I love doing like hit type of workouts and varying up the workouts or just doing something different, whatever it is. That's kind of a challenge I've done in my recovery is try something new each month of a fitness endeavor, whether it's like joining a hip hop studio for a time or a boxing class for a time. Been into Barry's boot camp recently. We just got one here in Austin. So just mixing it up and having like, yeah, that piece too. Does that answer your question? It does. And I think what I'm hearing you say is you're really just playing. You're not having a solid plan Um, for you. That works really well and probably doesn't trigger you because you're just like, what can I do with my body? And let's see where this takes me as opposed to getting overly obsessed about it and having a program and following it and that consistency. And would that be fair to say? So fair to say. And I think also that can transfer into food as well. Like there was so like, oftentimes people come to me, even patients, like just give me the plan, the protocol, the supplements, et cetera, to take. And I think those can be effective and helpful. Definitely. But at the same time, I love to teach intuitiveness, like within the food space and even within like what feels best for your body or doesn't feel best for your body. Um, even from a supplement perspective, but there was such a time where I was so planned and rigid with even like, you know, calories or macros and, um, really love teaching more about just balance and feeling into with food as well. In these crazy times we're in, stress and anxiety are at an all-time high. You know, I wonder if everyone in every generation has said that. While there are many great natural supplements to support anxiety and stress, the one that's helped me the most is CBD oil. CBD has tons of other benefits as well, such as sleep support, clearing acne, reducing inflammation, and so much more. By now, everyone's heard of CBD oil. While some people swear by it, other people have not seen the results that they were hoping for. And this bums me out big time. That's where Eaton Hemp comes in. Their unfiltered USDA certified organic full spectrum CBD oil is minimally processed and infused in their own hemp seed oil, giving you the full entourage effect, maximum absorption, potency, effectiveness, which means results. Whether you place the tincture under your tongue or use the salve on sore muscles, that's my personal favorite, CBD can and should work for you. And if it's not, you're not using the right product. Not only does Eaton provide one of the cleanest CBD products on the market today, but they pride themselves on transparency. Eaton Hemp is farmer owned and strongly believes in whole plant nutrition. That's why they leave the CBD unfiltered so all the elements of the hemp plant can work in unison. Eaton Hemp is so confident in the results that their CBD will give you that they offer a full 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't satisfied with their product, they're going to refund you with no questions asked. As a special podcast-only offer, you can save 25% on all Eaton Hemp products and still get your full money-back guarantee. Head on over to eatonhemp.com slash keto diet. Use a code keto diet at checkout. Again, that's eatonhemp.com slash keto diet and use the code keto diet for 25% off. 
Yeah. Something you mentioned previously was that 25% of people who aren't those metabolically challenged people. And a lot of the times the health information that's posted isn't about them. And so they become so obsessed about the rules and the next, 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 when that's like the opposite of what they need to do. I mean, it's such a challenge, I think, for all of us to understand. I mean, I can usually tell within moments of chatting with a person, what kind of spot they hit into. Like, are you the type of person that is of the smaller group where you need to be eating more, exercising less, having fun, like not following all the rules? Are you the type of person who needs to adjust things in order to gain metabolic flexibility and really take a totally different approach? Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, Yeah, definitely. And I like to do that like as an early on triage too with folks that I work with is kind of like understand what is their habit change type in a way. Like some of us are rebels where we get a plan and we're going to do the complete opposite or just like we want to make our own rules and others are super like intense rule followers. Like tell me exactly what to do. So definitely working within our habit change type while also kind of like stretching it as well. And kind of like just piggybacking on that too, is like on the plan thing. There was a time even recently, I was was telling you during quarantine, I did a lot of detox from mold and part of my mold journey, I lost quite a bit of weight. I lost like 20 pounds over the course of however much time a year that I lived in the, the home that was infested with the mold where others will gain weight and not know why they're gaining, et cetera. But it's definitely a sore, like thorn in my side because I've worked so hard for my health. And so I just felt like I was back at square one or looking like I was back at square one. And so I started just focusing so heavily on like, you know, counting the calories or the macros, like just counting that and dialing that in. And yet my body still wasn't responding. And yet when I decided to just release those things and to really focus like health is an inside job and focus on the inflammation inside to trust in the healing process, to speak healing into my body and to really love my gut because your gut is the gateway to your metabolism as well. It's like the weight started to magically come back on and like my health just really 10 X because of taking that approach versus like that militant type grip approach. And so just really like an olive branch to the body in that way. I love that. I love that. And so you chatted a little bit about the gut and you talk a little bit about gut hunger. Can you tell us what this gut hunger is? Yeah. Well, I think we all have like gut hungers in our lives that can like lead to physical hungers as well. And like all humans, it's basically basic human needs, or I would say not basic, like it's the next level of human needs. Cause our basics would obviously be water, food, shelter, Maslow's hierarchy there, but like things like the hunger for control, the hunger for connection, the hunger for worth and to feel important, the hunger for like growth and development. Some of the, the hunger for contribution, the hungers that are more mental, emotional hungers that food is never going to fill. And so a lot of times when we have these hungers in our lives and different ways, we may look or reach to food to fill them. So for example, within an eating disorder and with my restrictive eating background, there was a huge need for control, a huge hunger for control and feeling in control. And so by my restrictive eating, I oftentimes felt like I was in control. There's also a huge need for worth because that was a lot of the root causes of that eating disorder. Like a 10 year old girl telling me and other girls that basically we weren't at a ideal weight. And so going home that day from recess and just deciding I'm going to lose 10 pounds to look like the queen bee. So there was that worth component. And obviously at age 20 something, I wasn't thinking about that then, but it was very much rooted still in the, in the root causes of why I continued to 
overtrain and under eat. And so, and it just may not be overtraining under eating. It may be binging and like feeling lonely and finding comfort and solace in food or like the next hit of whatever that is that evening, et cetera, the habits with food. And so that's a lot of the exploration I do with my patients is helping them identify what are those gut core hungers that they have and that may have preceded even the beginnings of their habits with food. There was a time that most, I think, individuals did have a healthy relationship with food, whether it was like a very young age in your childhood and kind of what was the catalyst or the trigger point that maybe set you off into a different relationship with food. And a lot of times identifying that significant emotional stressor is what I call it can give you a lot of good information on maybe your why of why you continue to struggle in the areas with food or your relationship with food or exercise. That is such a great technique and so incredibly powerful. You know, as you were talking, my mind is definitely control a hundred percent without a doubt control. But if somebody has one like loneliness, how do they, okay. So they've assessed loneliness is my thing. When I feel lonely, I eat and I just eat and eat and eat and I can't stop myself. And it just feels so good, but I know that I'm making myself sick. Like what do they do with that? Yeah. I mean, I think awareness is always the first step for anything. And so being aware of our habits can help us start to reframe them. And I think then the second question is like, in what areas and why do you feel lonely? And like overtly, you can feel lonely. Like we can take a pandemic, for example, (laughs) um, of just like how much isolation happened and how much uptake in actually disordered eating has happened too in correlation with that. And so there's a big reason why is because that human need has not been met. And I think if that is a void that you recognize, it's then like asking like, in what ways can I meet this? And it doesn't mean being codependent either, because there may also be some independence building skills and like self-worth skills that also are correlated with that loneliness feeling. But in the same vein, it's like, how are ways or in what ways can I cultivate community in my life? And it is being a proactive in that it doesn't necessarily have to be just a dating relationship or the next relationship in that front. And it can be as like simple as connecting with people of like minds and whatever things that you're interested in, whether it is fitness or creative endeavors. I recently started doing acting classes, which is super fun. I love just going to the grocery store and talking to people too. It's like Whole Foods on a Friday night is my idea of fun after a yoga class. But just being connected and interacting with people is definitely a way that I personally get a fill in that void of just the need for people because humans are nutrients, I oftentimes say. So that's a great example. And I think the more that we find fill and joy in our lives in multiple ways, the more that void is not there. Yes. And I think too, like the quality of connection is so important. Like I find you can be around a lot of people and you can have a full house, your husband and your kids and still feel lonely. Mm -hmm. So I think for some, it's a matter of like you were saying that quality connection, whether it's setting aside some time where you're just with your husband or your wife and your, your partner, you're spending time together, quality time together. I can't tell you how many years my husband and I shared space together, but didn't really spend quality time together. And I remember feeling quite lonely for a couple of years, just because we weren't spending quality Mm -hmm. time together, like going out on dates or making a picnic and sitting down and eating without our phones and just chatting with this human that I share life with. So sometimes it may look like you have a bunch of people around you, but you're not having that quality connection. Would you agree? 
Oh, a hundred percent. Yes, definitely. And we are some of the, I think they say five people that we surround ourselves with. And so just like really with that intentionality too, of those that are in your circle and that you surround yourself with, like if you are feeling that void, like, I mean, you definitely get to play a part in that and like, not just you, but overtly you. And so yes, quality connection, definitely leaps and bounds. And so, you know, a little bit about German new medicine. I have no idea what this is. Yeah. What's the deal? <laughs> uh, so basically it's the belief or the, the theories that our issues end up in our tissues or show up in our, our dis-ease in our lives, shows up as disease or imbalance in the body. And the body keeps the score. And you may have heard of that book before. That's one facet of it, but it's really just how... If you are running into roadblocks, especially with healing or feeling like symptomatic and feeling like you're doing all the things, but something's not working. A lot of times there's a stress component there. They say 99% of all disease has a stress symptomology or relation. And German new medicine is really looking at what are the significant emotional stressors that preceded the disease process that oftentimes is really what leads us to disease in the first place. So for example, I was working with a woman that had an allergy to bacon or like a food intolerance to bacon and couldn't figure out for the life of her. She loved bacon before. Why all of a sudden she was having like these histamine responses to bacon and bacon like foods, like bacon is a histamine. And so when she did some of the work, realizing that onset of that intolerance began when she actually found out her husband was having an affair on her and she was cooking bacon at the time. Her body locked that into her tissues at a tissue level. We call it the limbic system in your brain. But just kind of, again, going back to our, how our issues end up in our tissues. With my own eating disorder journey, like I mentioned about that 10-year-old experience, I was on recess. A little girl said she was fat at 69 pounds. What do you weigh, Lauren? And I was like 10 more pounds than her at healthy 10 year old girl. And just that triggering event really locked this significant lack of worth and self-worth conflict in my body. And at a tissue level, even years later where I resolved and came to peace and understanding about that issue, but I didn't really work through those worth issues until I did some of this work with the German new medicine work of releasing. So, yeah. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. That is just bacon. Really? Wow. I mean, and to do the work and to have the patience to kind of go through everything. What's that process like with your clients? How do you even attempt to go through 30, 40, 50, 60 years of their life like that? Yeah. A lot of times it's actually rooted. It's, it's more simple than you may think. So there's six negative primary emotions and those would be anger, fear, sadness, hurt, guilt, and shame. And it's helping that individual identify what is the root cause of that issue that if you solve that would then kind of be the domino effect for all the other instances where you have felt those, those same feelings. And so really just finding that one triggering event or that key event where, for example, you first felt anger and it could be before, during, or after birth. And so some people actually will have experiences where they go a generation or two before them as they're doing this work and just kind of processing it asking the subconscious mind is what we would call it. 
like where maybe it's your grandfather's like in my experience with worth, my grandfather was actually, he was Jewish. And so he grew up in a time during like world war two, where there was a lot of like racism against Jews here in the States even. And so carrying that wound of like that worth is what came up for me in my mind at that time as I was processing it. So when we identify what is that root cause that first time you felt this emotion and then you do some timeline work where you, so we call it timeline therapy, float up above the event, looking down on it as if you're an eagle eye, and then really being able to get the learnings from that event. Like what are the things that, yeah, you can observe and learn from all parties that were involved in whatever that event was to really release some of that neck, that charge of that emotion around it. And then to really also develop some compassion for yourself in that. And so that's just like an overview of kind of how that technique works, but kind of working through those first those six key emotions, anger, fear, sadness, hurt, guilt, and shame can do a lot of great, just clearing work for the individual to have more freedom and more victory. Wow. Thank you. That's definitely helpful. And I'm sure a lot of people heard that or heard your explanation and was like, but how does that work? So yeah, you explained it perfectly. Something actually, I was going for a massage a couple of weeks ago because I've been having horrible headaches. I've been doing a pretty intense detox. So that's probably why, but I find massages are quite helpful. And the practitioner for the very first time, I've probably had, I don't know, 300 massages in my life. I really, really require them. Just even the touch is so great for me. I just love them so much. And she said, while I'm working through various areas, just pay soft attention to what thoughts you think as I'm working through certain areas. And wow, like it was pretty incredible when she was in like really tight places around my neck, the sort of thoughts that would come up as she's working through these muscles and then down in my spine, it would be a completely different thought and a series of thoughts that would all, yes, your it was so cool. Work, some trap and unlocking there. That is really, that's a great, yeah. Just metaphor basically for that. Yeah. It was very, very interesting. And she picked up kind of on the same thing. She's like, I'm feeling a lot of microaggressions kind of in your shoulder area. And I do, I have these like little nitpicky things that just get to me. They're so silly, but even as I think of them, like if I focus on them and I start thinking about it, I can actually feel it in my shoulder. Like mm. how crazy is this? Yeah. Well, and I wonder if there's like connections there of like, you know, feeling like you're carrying some weight on your shoulders in some way, for example. Oh yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Within those issues. But yeah, like our body oftentimes is a great metaphor as well for just like what may be going on emotionally. It's just a great picture. So for example, if a person ha has lower back issues, a lot of times it is because they do feel like they're carrying like some weight in some way on their back. Or I see a lot of times with constipation, like a feeling of overwhelm and just the, I call it mindset constipation, uh, where it shows up like in just the inability to release uh, that overwhelm with the ankle problems. A lot of times it's about a, not being able to take a step forward or feeling like you can't take a step forward in some way in your life. And so there's a whole like slew of connections between the body and the emotion or the experience related to that. That is just fascinating. I mean, I could talk with you about all the things, you know, because I feel like, you know, so many things and I could just pick your brain for hours about this, but where can people find more from you, how to connect with you, how to work with you, how to find your books, yeah. um, lay it on us, sister. Yeah, definitely. Dr. Lauren.com is the best way. So, and that's Lauren with a Y. 
So L-A-U-R-Y-N and just, yeah, all my books will be there as well as my free gut cleanse guide as well. I'm launching a company called the Total Gut Reset in the spring as well. So stand by for that. Oh, that's awesome, Lauren. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciated it. Yeah, thank you so much. It's awesome. I hope you enjoyed our time with Dr. Lauren. I'll include her links in the show notes today and a quick announcement starting in 2022. We're going to be posting new episodes of the Keto Diet Podcast on Tuesdays, not Sundays. So you have a little while to load up on episodes on Sundays. And then after the new year, we'll be switching over to Tuesdays. I'm excited to give this thing a try. We've always posted episodes on Sundays way back since 2016. So this is going to be like a brand new thing. Tuesdays. We'll see how I feel about it. We'll see how you feel about it. Okay. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Oh.